So here we are in the last few chapters of Deuteronomy, and Israel has finally made it back to the edges of the Promised Land. They've been wandering the wilderness for the past 40 years for their rebellion against God back in Numbers chapter 13. And now, on the eve of inheriting the land of Canaan, God presents the people with two alternatives. They could depend on God and enjoy the good life, or they could follow in their parents' footsteps, rebel against God, and inherit nothing but curses. As we read this chapter, first we should ask, what even are blessings and curses? A blessing is the power for prosperity given by God. People today want a successful life. The people of God want a blessed life. Israel lived in agrarian and pastoral communities, and so their prosperity depended on the increase of herds, fields, and a large family to help manage all of that. The successful or blessed life that Israel hoped for was a life where there was a constant growth in these areas. We get this understanding of blessings from passages such as the creation story. When God blesses mankind in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it's followed by a command to be fruitful and multiply. And this matches our immediate context here in Deuteronomy chapter 28, especially in verse 4. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. To receive a blessing from God is to receive a superabundance of life. Everywhere Israel goes will be overtaken by blessings. If Israel is to follow God, the good life is going to be inescapable. Now, understanding blessings helps us also to understand what a curse is. Blessings are all about increase and growth, and curses are all about stunting that growth. Again, the early chapters of Genesis are pretty instructive for us. Mankind is blessed to be fruitful and multiply, but in Genesis chapter 3, we have the curses being introduced to them. Mankind is cursed with painful pregnancies, opposing the initial fruitfulness, and the painful labor in the fields. Growth would only come through hard work. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, we find the curses undoing all of the promised blessings. Every blessing promised in verses 1 through 14 is completely reversed by the curses throughout the rest of our chapter. This is especially seen in comparing verses 3 through 6 with 16 through 19. Starting in verse 3, Blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. In verses 16 through 19, all of that's countered. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, the increase of herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. But God is going to do more than simply undo their farms and their families. Rather than a superabundance of life, Israel might as well try living on the barren surface of Mars. The land is going to be more like iron without any rain from above. Israel was to be a holy nation, but under the curses, God is going to treat them like Egypt, his enemy. They will be struck with disease, madness, blindness, and confusion. Instead of being a holy and feared nation, the surrounding peoples will treat Israel like what they are, a weak and unremarkable people to be oppressed. The promised land will be taken away as they go into exile under the power of another nation. Israel, who was redeemed by God, they'll go back to slavery, and that great and holy nation of Israel will be scattered and completely unmade. So those are the alternatives that God gives. And clearly, we all want the blessed life. So what does that path look like? 
Well, back to verse 1, we're told that if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all of his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Verse 1 in the ESV and most English translations use the phrase, if you faithfully obey. It's a bit of an over-translation of just a single Hebrew word, Shema, here, the same word that began Israel's prayer in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. The hearing is not just a passive intake of sounds into our head, but an acceptance of them. It's the opposite of passages such as Isaiah 6, 9 where God says to Isaiah, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. God wants an act of listening that's going to transform a person through the power of his word. So the key to the blessed life is to hear the voice of God. And this follows logically. We remember back from Genesis chapter 1 that God's word creates good things that are blessed and are fruitful, destined to multiply. So it naturally follows that when Israel follows God's word, they're going to find good things happening in their lives. Likewise, by ignoring God's good word, we're making room for all the horrible curses. A life lived without God's word brings in misery, death, and a return to our miserable state without God. You cannot have a blessed life without God's good word. And by rejecting that word, we're also rejecting all the good things that it would bring into our lives. Fruitfulness and life will be stunted. Enemies and forces opposed to God will run chaotic. So God looks to us today. And the same choice is being offered. We can live a life under God's blessings and enjoy life in his light, or we can reject his word and have nothing but curses.